your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to another episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade. Excited to be back for another show today, and we have a very special guest. If you are watching the YouTube show, you can see Jonathan Schaefer, the sports director for Channel 5 on your screen. If you are listening to the podcast, you'll hear him in just a few moments. Uh, but I do want to say, first off, thank you all for making the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. And today's episode with Jonathan is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head over to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end of your financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Jonathan, appreciate you coming on, man. How are you doing though? Before we get into the show, before we cover anything, I just want to know, how are you personally doing today, man? I'm doing great, man. Uh, just Another beautiful day here in Iowa. A little breezy out, but sun shining. Just uh, a busy one, as always, we get ready for bowl season, man. Absolutely. It's been a pretty crazy time for y'all. I mean, football season ended, but you have wrestling season, you have basketball season, you have bowl season, both teams going to bowls. Um, do you ever have a down period? Is it kind of – is the summer a little bit? Summer is just a little bit, but the, the fun thing here in Iowa, I mean, high school baseball and softball are summer sports for us. So it's kind of crazy how that all works. I, I'd say the downtime is like maybe – mid to late june other than that we're go full bore i mean by the time baseball softball ends we're right back into football and the vicious cycle just keeps rolling it is interesting so i played baseball in high school and i hated the fact that we played in the summer it was just absolutely miserable and i was wondering why are we doing this i look at all these other midwestern states and they don't do it and i just don't comprehend what iowa is truly decided to do with baseball but nevertheless that's a that's a topic for another day um but Jonathan, we have you on. Uh, we're really excited to have you on because you covered Xavier for the last four years uh, since he's been at Southeast Polk. Xavier, the biggest commit in the last 20 years for Iowa. I know we had AJ Pineda commit, but I would argue that Xavier committing not being a legacy and being an in-state five-star recruit is arguably the biggest recruit Iowa has ever had um, in the, this era. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think even bigger, too. I mean, he's the state's best ever recruiting to keep a kid like that in the state of Iowa within our walls. I mean, I, I think that's pretty big. And uh, for him to land a, as a Hawkeye, I know Hawkeye fans are ecstatic. And if you top Ferentz's press conference after it, uh, the guy's already been recruiting. I mean, he's basically been helping and a few other big names, too. It has been awesome to see what he's doing, and I'm very curious to see how the momentum plays into 2023 because I know he played seven-on-seven seven with Kyler Casper. Now, granted, we already have some legacy ties there. Kevin Casper is uh, arguably the most biased Iowa Hawkeye diehard fan of a player I've ever seen, uh, but I know he's trying to give his son uh, the breathing room and the benefit of the doubt to pick whatever he wants to, but you have no doubt Kevin would love to see Kyler in an Iowa Hawkeye uniform and him and Xavier being – very good friends is always a benefit as well. Um, one of the things I feel like that helped Xavier a little bit was the ties he has to the Iowa football program even before this. Now, I know he's mentioned the atmosphere at Penn State. I know he's mentioned the ability to develop defensive backs, but you can't turn your back on the fact that he knew Gavin Williams. He knows some of those other Southeast Polk kids. Uh, how much of that do you feel like played into that recruitment? I think that was a big thing for him. It's a place where he's comfortable, and and so he knows those guys. He instantly has some of that uh, support system you kind of need when you go off to college, uh, especially when you're a D1 athlete. 
it's go, go, go. It's a job. And, and you kind of need that extra person there to kind of be motivating you, not just the coaching staff. And, um, you know, I think even the Iowa coaches would agree, like when Marcus Freeman got promoted, kind of scared him a little bit, yes. rightly so. Um, but I definitely think those Iowa ties had a huge role to play. Plus, mom and dad are two hour drive away and uh, can go watch anytime, you know, anytime he's at home. Absolutely. So dad played, uh, ran track at Iowa State, if I remember correctly. Um, what is his excitement level at this point? It feels like obviously they're very excited, but uh, do you think there was ever a push towards Iowa State? Because it really felt like Iowa State was never really in the running for, for Xavier. Yeah, it, it was kind of a weird recruiting thing. You know, I you feel like with the job Matt Campbell's done up north, you feel like Iowa State would have definitely been in that running. But I think really, again, what Iowa has done with their de- DB development, you look at where they put guys in the NFL – uh, this year's ball hawk group has just been nuts. I mean, let's be real. It, it's one of the best in the country. And, and for a kid to see that who's here in Iowa and say, I don't have to go too far. I know Iowa State might have been like, hey, dad played here. But I think when you look at long term and Xavier's dreams are NFL, obviously. And so when you see that opportunity and, and you can be a Hawkeye to do it, come out to the swarm. And as you mentioned earlier, that Penn State atmosphere, that's the loudest I've ever heard Kinnick. So any recruit that was in that building, was just floored by it. And so I think that really sold him on it. I mean, truly a phenomenal effort from the Iowa fan base. Um, I was unfortunately not able to be at that game, but I got plenty Snapchats making me feel uh, incredibly sad that I was not there. You mentioned uh, defensive backs, and obviously Iowa could really call themselves DBU to a degree. I mean, a lot of schools have first-round picks, but Iowa does a lot with a little bit. And I think it starts with this secondary. You look at Jack Kerner. Riley Moss, Jack Herner, a walk-on. Riley Moss, uh, a gray shirt, turned scholarship player, got starting time his freshman year. Uh, two very interesting cases that you can point to and say, Phil Parker does a pretty good job of developing talent. Um, being in somewhat of the metro area, I know Riley was in Ankeny, but what was your experience covering them? And did you expect them to be at this level uh, four or five years down the road? You know, to be honest, not really. Uh, you know, when they were coming out, you you watch them and, and they're really good dudes on the field, right? But um, you don't think that, all right, D1 caliber, yeah, they're walk-on for sure. And um, But do they end up being the caliber that we see now? No, I think that's a testament to what Iowa staff does. I, you know, they were really good. But making that leap, it takes more input. It takes more time. And um, you don't always see that at the high school level. And Dowling just makes it look easy, right? I mean, they've always made it look easy um with their lines and so to see some guys out of the secondary really thrive at the next level kind of caught me off guard a little bit and so it's been fun to see those guys develop and um the depth that Iowa had at DB and and safety this year was really pretty impressive it'll be interesting to see how those two kind of move forward too with their future yeah I mean Jack from everything I can see looks like he's probably going to the NFL when you when you play you want to do senior day uh I just get the sense that to me I look at Jack and I think maybe your ceiling is is kind of capped out of Iowa, right? Like what else are you going to accomplish at Iowa? Um, for Riley, it becomes a bit more interesting. And I want to get your thoughts on this. When you have no PCL on one of your legs, um, how does that look going to the NFL and saying, I'm a little bit injured and I'm going to like, arguably you need to get time to, to be healthy again. Um, I think that could be a big factor in whether or not he decides to go to the NFL. I know he accepted his uh, senior bowl invite and he clearly has been playing pretty well without a PCL, but that has to be in the back of his mind. What are your thoughts on that? And have you had any communication with the Moss family on that? 
Yeah, you know, I ran into uh, Gary Kerner and, and Ryan Moss's dad out at the uh, Big Ten Championship and talked with them a little bit. And, and you know, obviously, they're, they're like, our sons are going to make decisions, whatever is best for them. They'll talk with staff, but they're just looking to get through everything first year. And, um, but no PCL thing's interesting, right? Because, all right, let's say he does grind through it, gets back healthy for next year and is ready to roll with Iowa. You risk some re-injury there. I mean, will his stock keep climbing? I'm not sure. I think his stock might be as high as it could ever be. And then you sit there and say, all right, can I get in with an NFL team who's willing to invest in me? Almost similar to, you know, I, I equate it with MLB and how teams, you know, do the Tommy John surgery, that kind of thing. You know, is an NFL team willing to spend the money, get him in, get him recuperated and recovered and and make him a long-term investment, so to speak, and maybe not an immediate investment? I think that'll be interesting. And um, certainly, you know, the bowl game can help his stock. It can also hurt him or, or kind of show where he's at, too. You know, so can that senior bowl. And um, so it'll be interesting. Tough kid, though. Playing no PCL has got to be one heck of a thing. I can't imagine. All right, y'all, this is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours, but on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. And with NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And for the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked. That's L-O-C-K-E-D. Head over to netsuite.com slash locked for the special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That's netsuite.com slash locked. All right, y'all, and thank you again for making the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. Also, make sure to check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview 2021, local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis. The most comprehensive college football playoff preview begins tomorrow. Let's get back to our conversation with Jonathan right now. Especially when you're cutting as much as he is and how quick he is and how much he utilizes his speed. You brought an interesting perspective there that I didn't really think about was – what if a team, maybe you drop a round or two because of it, but we have seen teams, the Cowboys did it before um, with the linebacker, Jay, I think it was Jalen Smith out of Notre Dame. Uh, you've seen teams be willing to invest in players with an injury, maybe a round or two later in order to develop them and, and kind of get them at a, a nice little discount in that regard. And I would also agree the fact that what does Riley Moss maybe gain from coming back? He has the possibility of being re-injured. You also have that Desmond King effect. Uh, where you just don't get targeted the entire year. And so there's not a lot of extra things you can show on tape. And then maybe you don't test well, who knows what happened. So a lot of question marks, um, regardless on what he's going to do, really exciting times though, for both guys to be able to put themselves in a position to make the NFL. Um, we've talked, obviously they're a little bit older guys. Uh, before we started the show, we talked a lot about the talent in the Metro area. Uh, both of us, uh, you graduated in 07. I graduated in 08. We're familiar with the state of Iowa recruiting. And I have never remember a time like now where the state of Iowa has been so talent rich. Uh, we were talking about it. Jordan Bernstein was kind of the big guy in 07, 08, that time frame. Adam Robinson was a gray shirt. That was kind of a big thing. But when I look at the recruiting classes for Iowa, there's not a lot of scholarship players coming out of the state. Uh, you have James Vandenberg, uh, Gosh, I cannot remember the uh, the guy from 
uh, Sioux City um, running back. Yeah. Um, uh, from Wiseman, Mark what? No. Wagner, uh, Brad Wagner, Wigbombs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you have like those guys, but that's like one or two guys. And now Iowa is able to land six, seven, eight guys from the state of Iowa, including several guys in the metro area. Um, what are your thoughts on how, how rich the state is in talent? You don't, do you have any ideas on what has led to that? I mean, what is, what is going on right now? I, I mean, population boom's got to be part of it, right? I mean, you look at the growth of the Des Moines area, just more influx of people. But I also think specialization in sports is kind of drawn out some of the best in these athletes, right? They're training at a younger age. They're fine-tuning at a younger age. And uh, we're really seeing that pay off. But it's also not just CIML. It's like the 1A teams or the Class A. And, uh, I mean, the Southeast Valley lineman who's been committed to Iowa for, what, like four years four now years? or something like that to use the easiest recruit ever. Um, so, I mean, it's really interesting to see, but you're right. It's really grown talent pool wise. Uh, Bernstein, I remember from my high school days, he was a uh, head and shoulders above the rest. And then he got to Iowa and kind of fizzled out a little bit. Right. And so uh, nowadays, I think you're kind of seeing the opposite where you've got a lot of talent and maybe an overabundance of it where I was able to land some guys, I think back to the quarterback who ended up transferring out of Dowling. Um, I cannot remember his name. Boyles. Yeah. yeah, he's a Newton kid. I remember him. He, yeah. tra- he left, didn't go to Newton, so that kind of sucked. Right, you know, and so it's it's those situations where we almost have an overabundance. We've got a lot of walk-on kids staying in state, which is great to see. And both teams here in the state, I know Hawkeye focus, but both develop walk-ons really, really well. Um, but yeah, it's crazy to see, and and something you kind of have to appreciate and sit back and say, man, we're kind of spoiled right now in the state of Iowa, considering where we were five, ten years ago. It's fun to see like the Des Moines Register put out a top 75 player list for the class of 2022. And you see 40 guys on there with scholarship offers. That yeah. just, that just wasn't the case uh, 10, 11, 12 years ago. Just, and I, I think to see Xavier, for example, be the highest rated recruit in the state of Iowa. And next year you get Caden Proctor and they're at the same school. I mean, you just don't see that kind of stuff happen at a lot of schools, especially in Iowa. So pretty incredible times nonetheless. Yeah, definitely. And and even going back further, Gavin Williams, who was at Southeast Polk and transferred over to Dowling his senior year, he's now number two on the depth chart going into the bowl game for the Iowa Hawkeyes, and we saw a lot of reps out of him. Uh, I think he's got a bright future ahead. You've got guys like Arlen Bruce, who obviously, again, transferred to Ankeny. Um, you, you know, all these players and athletes coming out of here, it's really impressive stuff. And, and it's not just like, oh, okay, they're good. They're, the work hard kind of guy. They're the work hard and loads and loads of talent that give them extreme potential. It's, it's really fun to see. The other thing I noticed is that it feels like these guys, yes, they're competing against each other at the high school level, but they seem to all have developed really good bonds prior to going to college at the high school level. You see them kind of recruiting each other. Um, maybe that's just, maybe that's just uh, something I'm not used to, but you don't typically make friends with, uh, with your competitors. Do you feel like that's something that's kind of happening? Is that with the seven on seven camps that with all like the different types of teams that are going on where you're kind of combining forces with other Metro schools, is that kind of playing into that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you hit it on the head, the seven on seven camps, I think are kind of the the game changer right now where all these kids are traveling around the Midwest or the country and just trying to get looks. And I think that there's that mutual respect amongst that amongst them too, saying, look, we're all trying to get to the same place. There's no need to kill each other out here. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to light somebody up, but I'm definitely not going to sit here and, and disrespect you by any means now there is a little bit of that yeah but you know it, it really is that seven on seven i mean you hit on uh xavier's relationships with some of these other recruits that are coming up in the 2023 class 
talked to Caden Proctor after Xavier's announcement, and it was really interesting to hear him talk. He's like, look, I pulled X. It's, it's still my decision. People are like, oh, you're just going to follow him, and, and he really wants to make his own decision. But, granted, they're, they're like brothers. They're pretty inseparable right now. So it'll be interesting to see how all of it shakes out, but you appreciate uh, just that camaraderie they have and, and their hustle and grind after it. Yeah, um, I do want to talk about Xavier at some point, but I, I just keep having other questions for you. So I appreciate you being willing to answer kind of the the barrage of questions at you. Caden um, is going to be a really interesting recruiting case because it seems like right now Iowa's probably the number one school, right? Iowa's at least trending in the right direction. But you hear things like, I don't want to be compared to Tristan Wirfs. I don't want to do exactly what Xavier did. I have I want to make my own choice, do my own, make my own decision. Um, you hear things like that, and I start wondering, how could he possibly go to Iowa, right? Just, uh, there's Those are big things that are going to – they're not just going to stop once he commits. They're going to continue on until he potentially leaves or is able to be good enough to create his own legacy. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, I feel like that's just – it's kind of an unfortunate negative recruiting towards Iowa. Right. Yeah, I mean, you, you think about it, all right, so when I was in high school, first thing I wanted to do was get as far away from my friends and kind of create that new life for myself, right? I went to North Dakota, got it. No one knew me up there, right? And so it's, I think it's kind of similar in that sense of, you know, does he want to be compared to Tristan Wirfs week in and week out? Upon arrival, yeah, the, the staff's not going to do that. His teammates aren't going to do that. But everyone else around him might be doing that, the fan base, et cetera. And, and do you want to sit on Twitter and see that stuff? I don't know. You know, and so and then you've got Alabama sliding you, uh, you know, the paychecks of their first round picks. And that's pretty darn tempting, too. I mean, he is a top end recruit. He's a lineman like we haven't seen before, I'd say, in the CIML and just different. Um, so it'll be interesting. I'm really excited to follow it because, again, it's not like Xavier where you had an idea already. I was in those final three. I think Caden will have Iowa in his final three or final five. But when you look at the likes of SEC power or a Big Ten power in Ohio State, as a lineman, it's a very different game. You know, it's not like a DB situation where some schools develop better than others. Those old lines are all talented and they all send off first round draft picks. Absolutely. That's a really good point. Um, how how dominant is is Caden at the high school level? I mean, and how do teams even do they just avoid him? Like, what do they do? I mean, it's it's hard to explain. They, Southeast Polk obviously runs off that left side a lot. Um, you know, I think the, the only way we saw people attack him was just load up that side and make him pick his poison. But anybody one-on-one, when they were rushing him, had no chance. And then on defense, I mean, he just fills holes. I mean, it's fun to watch it. You know, it, it was one of those you just sit back and appreciate, kind of like Xavier, where he was laying lumber on dudes that, you know, again, he was just another class I, he hits like Bob Sanders, so to speak, not quite as viciously and obviously not with the crown of the helmet as much as Bob did. Um, but, you know, he he just stops. Dude. And I think Hayden um, is going to have a great career in, on the offensive line. But again, he doesn't want to be compared to Tristan Wirfs. He wants to be himself. And, um, you know, not that being compared to Wirfs is a bad thing. Oh. I, I sure as heck wouldn't mind it. But again, I get it. You know, he's he's a young kid and uh, a lot of growing up to do, certainly. But I think he's got a bright future ahead wherever he goes. All right, y'all, it's the holiday season. We have so many things going on. I also don't want you to forget that you can still place all of your bets during this holiday season as there are so many sporting events happening at betonline.ag. They have you covered with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs begin shortly. We also have college basketball 
really kind of ramping up into conference play. So many things going on, and you need to place your bets at betonline.ag because betonline.ag remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head over to the website or use your mobile device, sign up today, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you need to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, so don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Absolutely. Hopefully it does end up being at Iowa. Uh, we got 18 minutes in here and I actually haven't asked you hardly a single question about Xavier, which is uh, why you agreed to even come on here. Um, I, I do appreciate it. But so you talked about Xavier and kind of, and, and obviously Caden, how they just look different at the high school level. When you look at Xavier's tape, it almost looks like he's running in slow motion. And he did, did like, I've watched him come down, I'm like, that doesn't seem that fast, but he's just breaking away from people. Is it something that you can visibly tell on the field? Like this kid is just, head and shoulders above everyone else yeah i mean it starts with his size and stature when he walks out i mean yeah he's not like oh towering over dudes or this jacked guy but he just looks like a college athlete already right and then you see him in, in warm-ups and he's just warming up like it's no big thing and and i mean he runs effortlessly he glides almost and yeah uh, that that's where i think he's slow yeah he you know i and to make some comparison, Brees Hall is kind of the same way in my mind. I watch Brees Hall run and you're like, man, he doesn't look like he's moving that fast, but no one ever catches him. He just glides away from everybody. Right. And, um, and so I think Xavier's similar to that, but then I think what really impressed me and where it stands out the most is his sense of where the ball is going, not where it's at. He he's on top of stuff. He reads plays really well. His eyes are always looking in that backfield, understanding what that development's looking like, but then he reacts just as quickly. He doesn't lag back. He's a true safety where if he sees a running back, he's getting downhill on the running back before the running back's head is even to him, you know. And so it's that's where I think his next level uh, really shines. And, and I'll be excited to see what Phil Parker does to develop that even more. Absolutely. If you had to pick an area of opportunity then for Xavier's game, what would be the opportunity for him to continue to develop? What is the, the weak spot? Yeah, I, I just think it's – continuing to develop that read on defense and disguising some things, you know, obviously safeties get a little bit more intricate once you get to those next levels. Um, CIML is, is pretty meticulous in how they run some of their offenses, but they're, it's nothing like the college game. And, and just, I think that development and understanding that, all right, everyone on the field is now a dude. It's not just me out here. I can't just rely on natural ability and um, not that he hasn't worked hard for it either, but I think that's where it comes the weight room, putting on that bulk, just getting stronger and continue to develop his speed. And, and I think otherwise, you know, he doesn't get beat deep. Um, he made a lot of a lot of great jump ball plays for Southeast Polk this year. I mean, the one that comes to mind was the walk-off winner against Dallin Catholic. And um, so, I mean, he's got that awareness. I just think it continues to develop his eye awareness and, and reading those quarterbacks a little bit quicker. Yeah, so – when with Iowa, the talk was that maybe he could play cash. Uh, sounds like they've mostly been talking about him at safety. Now, I look back at what they've done with Cooper DeGene, a big time recruit out of the state of Iowa. Uh, OD is it OD? He's out of OD Bowl, right? Like there's O I B A G C. Yeah, O A B C I G. Yeah. Oh, and I think part of that has OD Bowl in it. Yeah. Uh, or like something. <laughs> Something around there. I could be wrong. Someone might be hating on me about the towns. I'm not perfect with every tiny Iowa town, so I apologize out there. Um, but Cooper came in, and it was really expected for him to be a safety. 
That was that's my that was my expectation. I thought maybe Cash. Now he's on the depth chart at cornerback because Phil Parker wants to get the top deep the top players on the field, no matter which way you swing it. Is there is there a possibility that Xavier could play cornerback and excel early on in his career until there are, are opportunities? Because cornerback could be pretty wide open at this point going into next season. Yeah, I think I think there definitely could be. I think you just kind of have to retrain him and find out, you know, in spring ball, because I know he is looking to open to enroll early. Um, I think you find out in spring ball where he's comfortable, which side of the field. I mean, it's a different different type of game when you're playing DB versus safety, right? Your reads are a little bit different. You have to react to the ball a little bit differently. Um, I think Cooper's actually better fit for the DB position and just how agile and quick he is on top of his strength and size. I mean, shoot, I, I remember that 1A championship game. He put OABCIG on his back and just like said, I'm going after it. We're taking this. And I've never seen a kid do it like that. And so I think Cooper definitely fits the DB scheme a little bit better. Um, and again, it depends on depth at safety too. I mean, you got Merriweather back there as a sophomore. Turner could still come back if he wants to, and then it gets really interesting. Um, so I think it just depends. But you're right. Phil wants to get the best players on the field, which is something we haven't seen out of Iowa. I do want to make that point. Freshmen typically don't play on this team, right? Yeah. So we're starting to see that break in with Arlen and, and Keegan a little bit on the offense. I think defensively, you can't ignore the fact you've got the top safety in the class coming in. You've got to put them on the field, right? And so yeah. um, I think you shift Cooper down to – cornerback and I think you keep Xavier up top and, and let him read defenses and grow in that capacity yeah you do make a really good point uh, Iowa has done a better job of getting freshmen on the field and not being concerned about are they too big for the moment but secondary is a tough spot I mean uh, there is a lot of depth there they have a lot of incoming recruits who are very talented I don't want to uh, not shine on the fact that like Quinn Schulte is a, a former walk-on who has played well when he's had opportunities. Sebastian Castro is a guy behind Kayvon Merriweather who's worked his butt off. Obviously, Dane Belton more than likely is going to be back. Terry Roberts, Jamari Harris, they've all looked good in their time. Uh, so it's not going to be just – I think some people might be thinking it's going to be a cakewalk. Xavier's going to walk in. He's going to start day one. That very well could not be the case, but it would be shocking to not see him get on the field at least a little bit. Iowa doesn't get those kind of guys. Even A.J. Panezza was on the field as a true freshman despite, despite playing behind multiple year starters at all four positions. So. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think the other facet with X is you've got to let him go make plays, right? At the end of the day, dudes make plays. And if he can go out and do that, certainly, but he also understands he's got some older guys in front of him on that depth chart. He's going to have to beat out because they've got a rapport already with the staff. Um, they know the playbook and, and you've got to be smart enough to fit that defense as well. It's not an easy defense to fully understand at times. Uh, to jump in, you've got to trust Phil Parker and, and buy into it. So I think, you know, the early enrollment is going to be a game changer, certainly getting that spring spring workout in and um, going from there, I think is going to be huge. And I think that only adds to his ability to play week one next fall. Completely agree. Really excited about that. I have two last questions for you. Um, what is Xavier like as a person? I think a lot of people focus on the football player, but I've only heard fantastic things about him as a person and his family. What has been your experience with him as a person? Nothing but great things. You know, I've got to say some kids, you know, that have that high of a profile might have some arrogance about them or might have a little bit of ego. And certainly you have to have some to be at the caliber he is. But at the same time, he's very soft-spoken, easygoing, uh, knows when, knows how to talk using his actions versus just talking um, and saves what's on the field for on the field and, and keeps it kind of compartmentalized. Um, you know, a hardworking kid, obviously you have to be to get to this point. And, you know, just a really nice kid overall. 
he's one that'll take his teammates under his wing and, and kind of go that route with it. You know, coach Z over there is always respected him and always talked highly of him too. I mean, you got to remember this is a kid that was playing varsity as a freshman um, on both sides of the football. And so he's only grown in that capacity. And I think he matured really quickly too. Uh, and I think that's added to what, what we'll see on Saturdays. That's super exciting. Yeah. That's like I said, I've only heard phenomenal things about him as a person, but we don't talk about it. Um, talk about it enough. My, my last question for you is what are some guys to watch out for in the Metro area uh, coming up? Yeah. You know, obviously Caden Proctor is the big one over there, but uh, trying to thinking off the top of my head, there aren't a ton. This, this was a weird football season for us over here, still trying to navigate some of the COVID stuff, that kind of thing. But um, you know, there are a lot of good guys in the 1A, 2A levels that you have to watch for. Um, Valley's always cranking out some top prospects, and I think Dowling has a couple quarterbacks coming up to keep an eye on, too. You've obviously got the Ankeny, uh, Ankeny quarterback. Uh, he's yeah. yeah, you know, he's, he's going to be something special. I watch him throw the ball, and it's like, okay, here's a prototypical Iowa quarterback, right? Yeah. He's got that length. He's got that height. He's kind of Nate Stanley-esque. Um, you know, or he's, I, I'd say he's obviously taller than Bethard, but he has some mobility to him, but man, he, he drops some back corner fades that you don't see college guys dropping sometimes. So I think that part's fun. Um, you know, there, there's some guys that go overlooked and I wouldn't be shocked if you see like a Colin Cadolph, uh, come down the road. I know he's committed to Mankato. Um, but I think he's got, he's one of those guys that could be similar to, you know, Van Volkenberg and coming out and going the D2 to D1 route or what have you. And so I think um, it'll be interesting to see transfer portal just changes everything up uh, in a lot of ways. But Eli Raritan at Notre Dame is going to be fun to watch. I know he's not coming to the Hawkeyes, but Valley's got a couple guys out there, too, that I think offensive lineman wise could be pretty special. Tons of fun, man. Yeah, it's, it's a great time for, for high school football in the state of Iowa. Uh, Jonathan, I've kept you pretty long. Where can folks find you at, though, uh, for your social media accounts? Yeah, check me out on Twitter, obviously, down there at J underscore Schaefer, W-O-I. That's the big one. I mean, sports is all over Twitter. I'm still not into TikTok yet. Just can't. can't it's it. tough. Uh, it's tough. So Twitter's the best place. Otherwise, we are Iowa.com. Uh, we'll have you uh, all week for bowl coverage. We're actually heading down the 27th to get the Cyclones covered. And then uh, leading up to the Citrus Bowl, which is going to be a fun one, too, between Kentucky and the Hawkeyes. Should be a lot of fun. A lot of mutual respect between uh, Mark Stoops and Kirk Ferentz. Obviously, Iowa helping out with Kentucky in their uh, relief fund for the Tornado. So be a really interesting game to see there. Very contrasting styles of play, uh, yeah. which will be a lot of fun. Uh, Jonathan, I've had a blast talking about all these Iowa recruits, especially Xavier and Caden. Uh, it's been a ton of fun. As always, we'll hopefully have you on another time as well. And I wish you the best of luck in your next move. I know you got some exciting stuff coming up as well. Hawkeye Nation, we appreciate you tuning in to today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Have a fantastic day, and as always, let's go Hawks.